I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to dive into our rapid review of Magic Round, Round 10. Good God, this season is going bloody quickly. Uh, we're going to go into Bloke and Bar Studios later today with Denim Kemp and Timmy Williams and Matty the Waterboy to discuss all things from Round 10, our deep dive into each and every game and a couple of hot topics there. But we'll get stuck into our rapid review before that so you guys can get a, grisp, a grip of... All of my thoughts on the weekends from every single game. Um, some very interesting games, some mixed results, uh, some things I saw coming, some things that I definitely didn't. So a wild weekend that I think could be um, – it could, it could be a really interesting round as far as we look back at the end of the year and go, oh, fuck, like this this was a sign of potentially uh, things to come. And I'll talk about that as we go. So the first game, the Newcastle Knights snapping their seven-game losing streak. Great to see. You can see the impact of Adam Clune. Looks fantastic. Scored a great try. It might have been one of the softest tries uh, we have ever seen, but a great return from Adam Clune. Uh, they really did miss him for a couple of weeks there, and now that he's back, and he's also seemingly back to fully fitness. I know he's played uh, over the last few few weeks or whatever, but he looks like he's moving all right now. That knee was really um, worrying him before, I think, so it was great to see Clune return, uh, and he really did make the Knights look different. Look, 16-6 to in this game for Newcastle. Do I think they're back? No, I probably don't. I think if they played one of the top eight teams, they would have got dusted the other night. But they can only play who is out there in front of them. And when you're struggling for form like the Knights are, you just need to get a W on the board. And they managed to. I thought Burton and Flano, their their kicking game in the first half was pretty good. Burton is just lethal at the moment. That combination that he's got with Josh Adokar, uh, it's crazy that they're not putting more points on the board just between those two. Uh, It really is lethal. And they've got total confidence in each other. Six all at half time. Uh, the Knights went out to win the second half 10-6. So a good W for them. Standout players for me, David Clemmer. He's done it again. He's an absolute weapon, Clemmer. Um, I think Supercoach-wise, we have to seriously start to sit up and look at him. I do worry 
with David Clemmer that as soon as I buy him, all of a sudden the Saifidi boys are going to grow an extra leg again. But I think that's a risk that you probably have to start to take now because he's just braining it. 200 metres from 19 hit-ups, two line breaks, 33 tackles, zero missed, two offloads. Uh, Clemmer was, sorry, two tackle breaks, not line breaks. That's a big difference there. Two tackle breaks, 33 tackles, zero missed, two offloads. Absolutely flying, Clemmer. Uh, the guy that I thought was really impressive, though, and I... You know, I, I sort of look back at the Newcastle Knights season and it's probably unfair to do, but if you had to put their season down to a moment where it sort of all went belly up, I mean, it's really hard to leave out round three versus the Penrith Panthers, the send-off of Mitch Barnett. Um, you know, since that game, they haven't won a game of football. Mitch Barnett walks back into this one. 80 minutes, 150 metres, seven tackle breaks, three offloads, 30 tackles at 97% efficiency. A great return for Mitch Barnett. And from my understanding of Mitch Barnett, one of the great competitors in our game, I have have no doubt whatsoever he would have been sitting there for the last six, seven weeks or so and just gone, fuck, this is on me. This is my fault. We were cruising uh, and it all sort of fell apart from that moment. So a great return from uh, Mitch Barnett. I thought Brabham Best was really strong as well. I, th- I thought it was his best game I've seen him play in quite some time. Uh, for Canterbury, I've I- I got to ask you, the one, and you know, obviously there's a lot of things that are going to probably go down this morning here in the Trent Barrett. Uh, could be sacked, so that's going to be an interesting one. As I always say, if you're going to sack your coach, you've got to be able to hire someone better. There are a couple of guys on the market, like uh, like Shane Flanagan. Uh, whether they want to pair him up with Kyle, I don't know. Uh, do you try and get a Cam Serraldo? Do you, I mean, Jimmy Dimmick's up at the Gold Coast Titans. You've got, you know, you've, you've also got a heap of, you know, pretty good lower-grade coaches that have just been signed up to go over to England. Uh, Rowan Smith, he would have been an absolute cracking pick uh, to bring in there. So interesting to see what they do here, Canterbury, if they do sack him, uh, what move they make, and if maybe Phil Gould steps into that role. I probably doubt he will, but fuck, I'd love to see it. But my one issue with Canterbury that I don't understand is why they carry Beyond Iodo on the bench and they play him for the last 15 minutes. Um, for me, I think Jeremy Marshall King has probably been their most consistent player. Do I think he's a live-wire Damien Cook, Harry Grant? No, I don't. But he always seems to provide a bit of spark for them out of dummy half, and he seems to get better as the game goes on, Jeremy Marshall King. I really do think it's time just to make him an 80-minute hooker. It, whoever the 14 is, whether it's Wakeham, whether it's Beyond Iodo, whoever it is has never had an impact on any of these games in any way, shape, or form. So, for me, I think they'd be better off going with, with, with an extra forward or some more coverage elsewhere and letting JMK play that 80 minutes or carry your 14 and only use him if JMK gets injured or if he, he really has his ass hanging out the back, which... From what I've seen so far this season, he never really does. He's fit as a fiddle. But a good win by the Newcastle Knights. Disappointing for the Canterbury Bulldogs. Really thought that win against the Roosters a couple of years ago could have turned this season around. They could have got some momentum off the back of that. But wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. Interesting to see what happens over there at Belmore as the day goes on. Now, the Brisbane Broncos take on the Manly Seagulls. The first game, uh, sorry, the second game, Friday night. Brisbane 38-0 over the Manly Seagulls. This was one that I did not see coming in any way, shape, or form. The Adam Reynolds Show. That was an absolute fucking masterclass by Ren Diggity. Um, Incredible stuff. Great halfback play. The chip over the top. I was sitting with a mate and I sort of said to him, you know what, like if any other halfback in the comp would have done that chip, you would have sort of said, oh, it was almost a miss hit just because of the way it floated over the line to just absolute perfection. It's near impossible to, to do. It looked like he was kicking, you know, like 
a balloon in that moment. That's how much control he had and how slowly the ball went. But with Adam Reynolds, I mean, this is just what he does week in, week out. His kicking game over the last five weeks has been exceptional. You've got to remember, this guy had a very limited preseason with this side. He missed the first couple of games. What he's done has just been incredible from Adam Reynolds. And, you know, I think it's getting harder and harder to argue that he's not a top three player in this competition as it stands right now. Uh, from what we were expecting from this team and what they're producing, I mean, 38 nil over Manly, that is a huge W. That is massive. And the way that he's bringing, you know, Selwyn Cobbo, who Selwyn Cobbo after round two looked like he, he wasn't going to make it in first grade. He really did. He looked like he was absolutely rattled. He looked like he was going to have to go back to reserve grade for a number of weeks just to build his confidence. He's built his confidence solely off the backing of Adam Reynolds. You can see that Adam Reynolds has built a belief in this kid that I trust you, I back you, I know your abilities, and I believe you're a strike weapon that I can use and use regularly. Uh, Cobo, three tries. He was unbelievable. The other winger has to be spoken about, though. Corey Oates. 200 metres, two tries, three line breaks, four tackle breaks. I think Corey Oates is very quickly playing himself into an origin jersey, which I would have thought was near impossible at the start of the season. Uh, I don't. I, I, I struggled to see Corey Oates in a Broncos jersey at the start of the season. To now me sitting here going, he's probably going to play for the Maroons. Uh, just unbelievable stuff. Very impressive. Shout out to, you know, obviously Payne Haas, Flegler, all very good forwards. I think we've got to talk about Corey Jensen now. Corey Jensen in the first half, he played six less minutes than Payne Haas, and he beat him in every single stat. At the end of the game, he he beat Payne Haas in a lot of stats, not all of them, but a lot of them, and he played 20 less minutes. Now, that's not an insult to Payne Haas. That's just simply crediting Corey Jensen, yeah, and how well he is going, and I think this is what the Brisbane Broncos need to do with Haas. I think they need other guys to step up around him. I think Carrigan, Flegler, and this guy, Corey Jensen, they've really stepped up. I think they've been very impressive. Keep an eye on Corey Jensen next week. He's probably a guy that most of us could walk past in the street and trip over and not know who he was. Uh, but fuck, he is going good at the moment, Corey Jensen. Very, very impressive. Uh, for Manly... Look, I, I, I said it last week on beers and break-evens, and I saw so many other Supercoach pages say the opposite. Turbo's not sweet. He is not 100%. He's so far from 100%. They can tell you that he got a cork when he went up for a ball. It's bullshit. He was hobbling around last week. He is not himself at the moment. He is so far from 100%, it's insane. And I'm starting to wonder if they need to give him a few more weeks off, to be honest with you. Uh, I know a lot of you went him in, in Supercoach and, you know, you got wrapped into the Turbo Lure for the second time this year. But he's not all there at the moment. I just, oh, God, it's a worrying side heading into State of Origin, to be honest with you. I would never doubt a guy like Turbo, but if he had to play Origin the other night, I think he would have really struggled. He was really battling to move even before the cork that they're telling you about. I, I just think he's, he's, he's in a bit of curry at the moment. Uh, the hooker, Lachlan Croker, made 50 tackles, missed 10, uh, which is very disappointing. Manly's defense as a, as a whole, very disappointing. Uh, Tommy Turbo, who's their fullback, he was the only player without a missed tackle from the entire team. So very, very disappointing. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos, this is probably the most telling start across the night. They averaged 12 more metres per set. So it's essentially like they had seven tackle sets to six tackle sets every single time they had the ball. Adam Reynolds, he was the difference. He was incredible. Manly, I don't know where they go to from here. Uh, they're a team that I said all the time, all the stats said that they're going very poorly, but Turbo's going to come back. And we all sort of went, Turbo will be back, Manly will be okay. Turbo is back, and 
Man, they look awful. Um, Olakowatu was back in that team as well. I mean, I, I didn't see this one coming at all, and I don't think the Manly Seagulls saw this one coming at all either. Josh Schuster comes back into this side. Outside of that, um, you know, yes, they can bring the two centres back in, but, uh, I mean, I'm not sure how much I, I would rather. I would definitely rather Kohler, and I thought Ben Trevojevic, you know, he was pretty solid indeed the other night up against Tony Staggs. I was expecting him to really struggle. I thought he showed a jersey and did pretty well. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks now. I just, outside of Josh Schuster, who I'm just not sure if he turns this team around like they need to, but... They are a champion team, Manly. They've got a lot of real winners in their team. So, an interesting watch. But I am worried about them as it stands. Now, Super Saturday kicked off with the Bunnies taking on the Warriors. I tipped the Warriors for an upset here. I fell two points short, a 32 to 30. Um, the first half from the Warriors was a fucking disaster. I would almost argue the first half from the Warriors was worse than their second half last week against the Sharks. And... Call me crazy, but I have never seen a more pedestrian football team for a half. They were awful. They were so bad, I could not believe it. I tipped them to have a bounce back. And you know what? I understand during the week, they lost you and Aiken. They lost Wade Egan. Yeah, two of their better players, one of their spine players. I understand that. But this team, they just looked so bad in the first half. Their edge defense, and this is where, you know, you and Aiken would have really come in handy. It was dreadful. South Sydney were were hardly out of a jog. I mean, I almost feel for South Sydney because, yes, they conceded a big comeback in the second half, but I almost feel like the Warriors lured South Sydney into playing a reserve-grade style footy because it was so poor from them that they really didn't have to hit full throttle at any point. Then all of a sudden, the Warriors started playing footy. I felt a little bit sorry for the Bunnies in this situation. It's almost like the Warriors literally lured them into a false sense of security and then started to play some football, and the Bunnies just sort of struggled to keep up. But Sinbin hurt them as well. Um, and you know you know what annoyed me the most? I watched the Warriors in the first five minutes, and I thought, oh, they're on here. Sean Johnson forced a repeat set, a cracker. Reese Walsh forced a repeat set. They did them both on third and fourth tackle, so a little bit earlier in, in the set than normal. And then on the next set, Sean Johnson got, I think on second or third, put in another kick, hit shins, and all of a sudden the Warriors just went, oh, well, fuck it. Something went against us. We're not going to tackle for the next 40 minutes. Cody Walker put on a masterclass. It was sensational. He cut them to pieces. His ball playing is just second to none. Blake Taff, uh, very impressive. But honestly, like, I didn't put any bunnies in my team of the week solely because they did all their work when the Warriors might as well have been 13 fucking cones standing out there. They were awful. We come out in the second half. You know, the, the Warriors score a try at the very back end of the first half. For just a split second, they look like a football team and they managed to score a pretty easy try, realistically. Nothing too crazy about it. They come out in the second half and Sean Johnson improved. Reese Walsh was fantastic. Uh, I thought the middles were really good. Jazz Tavega just scored an all-heart and ticker try. Uh, in the last 30 minutes... <coughs> The Warriors won this one 24-0 in the last 30 minutes. So, as I said, I you know, I feel sorry for the Bunnies because the Warriors played so shit that it was like the, Warriors, the, the, the Bunnies didn't have to get off the bus to lead 30-0. All of a sudden, the Warriors flipped that switch. But the Penrith Panthers don't do that. The Melbourne Storm don't do that. And that's where the South Sydney Rabbitohs want to be. I will say this. Once the New Zealand Warriors started to actually play some decent rugby league, 
I think you could really see how much the Bunnies were missing Cam Murray through the middle. I thought that was really evident, and I think it's something to watch next week. I'm not sure who... I think they might play the Raiders, who are coming off a high last week, a big win. They got a big forward pack who finally played a decent game of football last week. They've now got a hooker who's going to keep them direct for the first 25 minutes or so. So it's going to be a big test for the Bunnies going up against the Canberra Raiders, who I believe will welcome back Jack Wyden in that game. So well done to the Bunnies. Warriors, I mean, yep, good to come back in it, but if you would have done an impersonation of a football team in the first half, you probably would have won, won that one. Uh, shout out to Reese Walsh. She was our big pod player and supercoach this week. We didn't have a great week. I think we're going to see some red arrows. Hopefully we stay in the top 1,000, but we will see some red arrows. Uh, shout out to Reese Walsh, though. 76 points without a try. Uh, stoked with that. Titans took on the Dragons. 5.30 Saturday around that mark. Titans 20, Dragons 16. This one went to overtime OT uh, with the Titans scoring through. Uh, Jermaine Asako in the corner, went upstairs, was eventually given. I think after Asako took, missed about four shots uh, at field goal. Uh, look, th- this game, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I got to, to the back end of this one, the last five minutes, then into extra time, and I was just going, fuck, can we end this so we can get the Panthers and Storm on? It was a tough watch. Congratulations to Titans fans. You just needed to find a way to win. <coughs> However that was, you just had to find a way to win, and they did. I thought Jaden Campbell in his return, I thought he was really good. I think he has to stay there. Uh, obviously, Moose got sin-binned at 4-0 at about the 22-minute mark. They still managed to score uh, whilst he was off the field, so it didn't have a huge impact. I thought Ben Hunt, he was great for the Dragons. He was everywhere, as was the 5-8 of Moan. Really liked the look of him. Unfortunately, Sloan wasn't his best game. Let's call a spade a spade. wasn't his best game, but I would still rather take the risk with Sloan instead of having him buy there. I just don't think you're going anywhere with him buy there. Um, there was a bad play that Sloan did where the kick went up. He should have caught it. He put a foot out to it, and he sort of kicked it into Ben Hunt, which was an accidental offside, which was a big play in this one and sort of summed up the Dragons to some extent in this game. They were good, but they weren't good enough. A game that they really should have won and one that they'll be well aware they should have won. I thought Moses Sully was fantastic. Uh, a very impressive performance from him. He's having a great season. It's great to see this guy finding a home and finally starting to play some of the rugby league that we've always known he's capable of playing. Uh, Jared Wallace, that was probably the play of his career, I would argue. A massive try in that game to get his Titans back into the contest. Uh, it was just huge. Such an impressive play from uh, from Jared Wallace. He's not the fanciest guy. He's not the strongest guy, uh, but he is bloody tough, Jared Wallace. You have to give him credit for all the stuff he's been through at that club, and over the last few years, he just he just keeps showing up, Jared Wallace. So, congratulations to him. A huge play, and I'm sure all of the Titans fans uh, will understand <clears throat> how big of a try that was, and how much of a big play that was. A bit of a mixed bag for the skipper, Tino. Uh, two line breaks, 200 metres, 31 tackles, but he had four errors and four missed tackles. So a bit of a mixed bag. But uh, Tino, he is just so young in this side with so much responsibility. I do feel sorry for him, but I love watching him play. He's a champion forward, Tino. Let's move to the Panthers and the Melbourne Storm. This was going to be game of the week. Uh, Jerome Hughes was ruled out. Pappy was ruled out. Marion Seve came in at right centre to replace 
Uh, Remus Smith wasn't overly impressive. I'm not sure how long he will last, realistically. Um, the Panthers' left edge just pulled them apart between Luai, Tago, and Kikau. They were sensational. Tago scoring two tries in this one. Tungo, sorry, scoring three tries in this one. Very impressive. Still had three errors, though. He's just got to cut these couple of errors out of his game every single week. I keep saying it, and I think people think I'm just being a bit negative on him, but he does have to cut these errors out. Uh, he's lucky that he's in the team he's in, that they can defend those errors. Uh, but if he wants to take his game to the next level, he really needs to work on holding that ball. It's handling errors nine times out of ten for him. He does run hard lines and all that, but there's a lot of times where he just drops the ball and they play the ball as well. So something for him to work on. He is young. He should have more to work on than what he does, to be fair, but he needs to get those couple of errors out of his game. I thought Luai and Cleary were very impressive. I thought that was Luai's best game I've seen him play in a number of weeks. He was very, very strong. Um, I also think you have to point out Luai, he bombed a try to Tungo. I think Critter also bombed a try on his edge for Brian Tyo. So... 30 to 6 could have quite easily been 42, 48 to 6, realistically. Uh, 38 possession, percent possession for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, very hard against the Penrith Panthers to do anything with that sort of ball. I think the losses of Hughes and Pathy were very evident in this game. I think Nelson got injured as well. Um, yeah, I, I said before the Broncos, they averaged 12 more metres per, per set than the Manly Seagulls. Uh, the Panthers, they averaged 17 more metres per set against the Melbourne Storm, which is just unbelievable. 51 missed tackles and 13 errors for Melbourne. Uh, you saw Munster after the game. He's thinking he was speaking to... Um, Cameron Smith, and he just sort of said, I cannot fucking wait for next week. So they play the Cowboys next week. That is going to be a very interesting game because I think Munster is going to put on an absolute show. The try assist he had for Nick Meany, that was something else. What a nudge that was. Just, I, I know they lost the game and whatnot, and that's fine, but, mate, the way that Munster can just sum up an entire field in a split second, come up with a kick like that, there really aren't any other guys in rugby league that could produce as many tries like he does in those sort of moments. He's incredible. I thought Isaiah Yo with another top-shelf performance. We probably won't talk about him uh, because it's just what he does every week, but he was sensational as a 13 once again. Let's move to the Canberra Raiders and the Cronulla Sharks. The Raiders 30, Sharkies 10. Wow, what a performance. Another one I did not see coming at all. I was one of the guys that Captain Nico Hines thinking that he would absolutely fist the Raiders. Uh, the Sharkies, they were pretty awful, but the Raiders, you've got to give credit to them. Sensational. I'm going to talk about it on Bloke in a Bar today, but young Wolford, um, what a performance. We had his old man on the podcast about 18 months ago, and at this point, his young bloke had, he was playing uh, he was playing reserve grade at the Canterbury Bulldogs a couple of years ago. And I remember watching him and thinking, wow, this kid's talented. He's got to make it in first grade. He was doing very, very well um, in that reserve grade competition, which they won, by the way, which was very impressive. And then he got signed by the Newcastle Knights. And I sort of thought, okay, this might be Zach Wolford's opportunity here. He can go up to the Knights. Maybe he can turn into their full-time hooker. I think they were running around with Danny Levi and a couple of other guys at that point. They tried to turn him into a third A and they put a bit of weight on him. It just, it was never working up there. I, I don't understand why they signed him as one of the best nines in reserve grade and tried to turn him into a third A and it was just fucking stupid. That was a couple of years ago. He then just fell into rugby league wilderness. And then I remember one day, about, I think it was probably 2020, I think it was like, like ju ju during the COVID year, I remember I was down at. Um, Wallara watching East Rugby play, watching a mate play, and I was watching this guy run around in first or second. It might have even been second grade. 
And I remember looking at him going, fuck, I know that guy. Who is it? And then I realized it was Zach Wolford. So he had fallen from being one of the best hookers in reserve grade to playing first or second grade local rugby union. And I just remember sitting there going, oh, my God, what is going on there? You know, I saw him out with the team later on the drink after games and everything. And I just sort of thought, geez, what – what a loss that is to rugby league because this kid is so talented. I remember talking to his old man and it was during this period and I said to him, like, he was coaching over in England. I think he's still the Huddersfield coach. I said, oh, do you bring Zach over? And he sort of went, and, you know, it would. I reckon it would have been really easy for Simon to grab Zach and bring him over there. He knew how talented he was, but he sort of said, no, he's got to find his own way. He's got to work his own shit out. We don't want to be handing out jerseys for father-son sort of stuff here, uh, which, you know, Obviously, other clubs are in that position, but I don't think it's a handout there. But there was an opportunity there for Simon to probably save Zach's career and probably bring him over there to play, and he didn't. He never fell that way, and Zach didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, And now you look a couple of years later, he went and played for Newtown. Three weeks ago, he signed with the Canberra Raiders, and I've got a mate that's a big Raiders fan. And I mentioned, I said, oh, Wolford signed there. You know, germ, that'll be... An interesting one. He hasn't played reserve grade in a couple of years. He came off the bench in reserve grade for the Raiders a few weeks ago. All of a sudden, he comes from the absolute clouds to come and play first grade. And I thought he absolutely killed it. I thought he was so impressive. Set up a try for Josh Papali. Uh, set up a try at the back end for the halfback Schneider. But I just thought his his service at a dummy half was sensational. And I honestly think he stays in this team now. I think he'll be the starting hooker for the next few weeks. Uh, and I think they'll bring Starling off the bench. And I think Wolford will play the first 20, 25 minutes. And then I wouldn't be surprised to see him used at the back end of the game playing sort of a 13 role like he was the other day for the Raiders. But Zach Wolford, a great sign, a great example of just perseverance. He looked like he was done and dusted for all sorts. He's 25 years of age. Uh, it looked like he was done. It looked like he was never going to get an opportunity. And if you would have said he's not going to get an opportunity, no one would have disagreed with you. Uh, I thought when he left Newcastle, it was done and dusted. To then see him playing Union, I was convinced it was done and dusted. Uh, so a great effort from Zach Wolford to get back there. Great scenes with his old man Simon Wolford after the game uh, in the stands watching his young bloke and geez they look similar the way that they play the way that he approaches the ruck it is scary similar to what his old man used to be like so a great moment there for the Wolfords great moment there for the Canberra Raiders sure it would have been a pretty cool moment for Ricky Stewart uh, I remember when we spoke to Simon Wolford on the podcast he said that he arrived at the Canberra Raiders he was originally a halfback um, and he went to the Canberra Raiders because he had an opportunity to work under Ricky Stewart they turned him into a nine whilst he was there but pretty crazy how Simon Wolford goes to Canberra for an opportunity to learn off the best half Halfback, one of the best halfbacks in rugby league at that point, Ricky Stewart. And then here we are, 35 years later, and his son goes to the Canberra Raiders to get given an opportunity by Ricky Stewart, handed his jersey uh, on what day would have been, on Saturday or Sunday. Just incredible how rugby league works sometimes. Um, look, I thought Cronulla were pretty average. I think they probably need to make changes last week. I don't think the halves were working. I don't think Wade Graham was working down the left edge. I think Ty Wilton is in such good form that he probably needs to hold that spot, as bad as I feel for saying that about Wade Graham. Maybe it'll take him a couple of weeks, but I would seriously consider moving Matty Moylan to fullback. I would play Nico Hines at seven, and I think I would consider playing Wade Graham at six, potentially. I just think they probably need to make some changes to this team. The halves, they were just not working. I'm not sure which of them was worse yesterday. 
day. Uh, but Moylan and Trendall, they really did not impress and they did not get Nico Hines the ball that he needs. He looked a little bit more uncomfortable at the back there. Maybe it will improve. But personally, I'd be moving him back into the one jersey. Uh, sorry, into the seven jersey. Maybe you keep Moiser at six. Maybe you bring in a Lockie Miller or someone like that. Uh, but I think you need to make changes here quickly. And I think Nico Hines, he'll be back in the seven next week. It just didn't work out. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Raiders had three Simbins in the last, I think, 60 minutes. So for them to win a 13-plus victory against the Cronulla Sharks on a good track, simply incredible. Um, yeah, crazy. Cra- crazy to get a read on this Sharks team at the moment. Uh, I really do think they were a top-four side, but they're starting to show those shakes that we see. You know, the Parramatta Eels, we'll talk about them soon, but they've got these sim- same similar sort of games in them where they just shouldn't lose, and they find a way to. But... I will say this about the Sharks. Obviously, they came off last week winning a game with 11. Everyone would have been absolutely exhausted. Maybe it is that. That's off the back of playing three games in 11 days. These Sharkies, they have been through a lot recently, but... The NRL, you get put through a lot, and that's the fucking reality of it. I would have expected them to win this game, so it is disappointing. I thought Frawley was very good. I think he probably has to stay on this side once Jack returns. I think you might find Schneider drops out of this side. Josh Papali, he was sensational. An inspiring performance uh, from him. Very, very impressive. What about that, that challenge that Rapana went for? When they're on the line, uh, Chancellor Clockstead got taken out. He was on the ground. He stood back on it. He got taken out. And the ref said, you can challenge it. And he said twice... You can challenge him going out. He was pretty much saying to them, you're not going to be able to challenge him being tackled on the floor. And poor old Josh Rapali's trying to make the decision. He's got his ass falling out the back. And Rapana listens to that twice and says, yep, challenge it, challenge it, challenge it. It was an absolutely shocking call. I love Jordan Rapana, but good God, he can be frustrating sometimes. <laughs> like he's just so erratic sometimes that it can be the best thing to have on your team. Sometimes it can be the worst thing. Of course, the next set, Wade Graham, blatant knock-on, but they're not able to challenge it because they wasted their challenge when the referee literally told them not to challenge it, essentially. Uh, But, yeah, look, Sharky's very disappointed. Canberra 8 is well done to him. Well done to them. Very impressive performance. A game that I didn't think they were going to be able to win, and they did it easy. So, well done to them. Uh, The Sydney Roosters, 31 over the Parramatta Eels, 24. Warrior Hargrave scored the first try. A nice little bit of, of deception, but as a whole, pretty disappointing from Parramatta defensively. Pretty shit D there. They're definitely a better side than that. Uh, Teddy then scored off a rebound. Walker, wow. What about that try that he scored? Just great footy instincts. And I know that it's, yeah, you know, it's easy. You know, oh, when the fullback's in the line, there's space there. But when you're Sam Walker, you're 19, you're trying to organise all these stars outside, you're trying to organise the pack around you, you're trying to watch where the marker's coming to whack you, you're trying to work out if there's shooters coming at you. For him in that moment, just to take it all in and just notice that Gutho was in the front line, and not even to notice it, but then to back himself to chip over the top. I mean, if he chips over the top and it goes dead, all of a sudden that is a huge turnaround in that game. But this is what Sam Walker does. He backs himself, uh, and he got the chockies on this play, and I think it turned out to be a really important one. Um, Isaiah Papali'i, wow. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Is he, a, is he the best forward in this competition? Is he top three? I mean, I don't think you could have him outside the top three. The stuff he's doing at the moment is just unbelievable, Isaiah Pavali. I've been so impressed with him. And if you didn't have him in Supercoach Classic this week, uh, you're going to find yourself in some serious curry. If you captained him this week, you're going to absolutely fly um, up the rankings there. We spoke about it on beers and break-evens, maybe going him. Unfortunately, pulled the trigger on Nico Hines, and I think it's going to be costly for me. Joseph Sawali in the air. Wow. Honestly, you just to have Daniel Tupu and Sawali, who you can just kick the ball in the air, and if you get it somewhat right, uh, they will come down with it. He's doing very impressive things at the moment, Sawali. For those that doubted him last year, told you at the time, you're kidding yourself. This kid is the real deal. Ryan Madison off the pine. He might be the bench player, best bench player in rugby league at the moment, doing great stuff. I also thought that Makatoa was sensational too in his stints coming off the pine. Um, there was a de- decisive penalty in this game where Dylan Brown made a big tackle on Satili. Satili stayed down. He was injured, no doubt about that. I actually thought Satili was uh, pretty good yesterday too. Uh, but Dylan Brown, I do feel sorry for him because you're getting guys penalised for tackles where the the ball runners are, are dropping their heads a little bit. If they duck down, fuck, it can be hard. And I sort of thought that, and I don't think he's doing it on purpose, but I don't think there's any argument that Satili did drop his head in that tackle a little bit. It's where it gets really hard. It's similar to when James Tedesco, when he runs the ball and he he quite often gets to the line and he falls into contact. I mean, it's, it's a very tough rule. And, you know, without that penalty goal... This could have been a different game. Uh, things come and go, obviously, but I just thought that was a really tough one on Satili Tupanua. Um, I thought that, sorry, on, on Dylan Brown making the tackle on Satili Tupanua. I thought the Takiaho was great. He's having a cracking season, 40 tackles, 140 metres. He has been their best middle by a country mile so far this season, especially with Victor Radley going down. I thought he was very impressive. Nat Butcher came on and was very good as well. Obviously, to win this game without Radley or losing him in the 15th minute, very impressive from the Chooks. Daniel Tupu, another good game. Five tackle breaks, one line break, 200 metres that no one will talk about. Um... Parramatta, though, who are they? Who are Parramatta? Are they the team that beats the top sides? You know, Penrith, Melbourne, and I get message saying this is the team where contenders, they then come out and lose to a Roosters side without their lock forward who are out of form. I just, I don't really know what to read into Parramatta. I feel like they are just constantly cock-teasing everyone. I... You know, they and they do this every season. They look really good during the regular season. They come up with huge Ws, and I get every single Parramatta fan under the sun messaging me. We get to the finals, and yes, you were more impressive last year than what you ever have been. Yeah, I'm happy to admit that, but I just don't know if this team has got a premiership in them still. They're just they're just not consistent enough at the moment, and it's hard to it's hard to just get to finals and flick a switch and all of a sudden be a consistent team that beats. You know, these top teams, yes, they've beaten top, you know, the top two teams in the regular season. We get to the finals. They tend to not really do it. And then they struggle to beat these sides that are ranked from, you know, third to seventh. I, I don't know what to read into Parramatta. Hopefully they can prove me wrong and they can turn it all around. But this is sort of, it's these sort of games that fill me with confidence once again. Every time I say, I just don't think they're going to win a premiership. I just don't think they've got it in them because they're up and down. They're inconsistent. They can get themselves up for huge occasions in the regular season. But at the end of the day, that's not where premierships are won. They're in the final series where, you know, and I have people say, oh, we were one we were one injury away from beating Penrith last year. It's like, yeah, okay, but, you know, 
that that's the reality of finals games. You have to play through injuries. You have to make it work. And I'm just not sure if Parramatta is going to be that side. Hopefully, I'm proven wrong. Uh, I would love to see Parramatta win, win a con, but it's been so long for their very loyal fans who go through an absolute heap. But, you know, when you beat Penrith, you beat Melbourne, and then you back it up with a performance like that in a game that you should have won, it just worries me a little bit. Uh, let's move to... But, you know, credit to the Roosters. They won that game. That's now two on the trot. Do I think the Chooks are back? I'm not convinced they are, to be honest with you. Uh, a couple of tries they scored there. Obviously, the you know, the Tedesco one, that came off a rebound. Sam Walker, just individual brilliance with a chip over the top. You probably can't rely on that sort of stuff consistently into the penalty goal. Um, yeah, look, the Roosters, they're improving. I don't think they're back to their normal selves, though, realistically. Uh, I also don't think Parramatta played anywhere near their best. They had little flashes of good footy, but nowhere near their best. Last game of the week, the Cowboys, 30 over the Tigers, 12. Um, the Cowboys, very impressive. Uh, they were sort of starting to fuck around with their back line at the back end. Drinkwater scored what might have been the most unbelievable try I've ever seen. An offload uh, from Tuolagi back in. I don't, I've no idea what Stafford Tower was doing on that play. A couple of defensive plays from Stafford Tower um, at fullback were awful this weekend. There was that one. If you watch it again, Honestly, if Jackson Hastings wasn't there, I have no idea what on earth would have happened. That try, he probably would have scored it under the sticks and been able to run around. Toa just essentially left him, didn't want contact. We then had the Ruben Cotter try. We'll talk about him in a moment, but he went through the line. He dummied to his left to no one and then beat Stafford Toa with his right shoulder. It was just crazy uh, how that one played out. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously, he's playing out of out of position, out of position. Staffatoa, I understand that, but they desperately need Dane Laurie back there. What a try that first one though from Drinky, the offload from um, from the winger. That was just crazy. I've never seen anything really like that. Um, he was just in the air for so long and so far over the sideline to pull it back in. And well done to Drinky for staying aware. You really like you can never clock off in the NRL with your wingers now. Some of the stuff they can do is just like stuff we've never seen before. Uh, I thought that Jackson Hastings uh, was really good in this game, sort of kept the Tigers together. They, they lost Brooksy, which makes life very difficult. They lost their hooker as well. So uh, when you run out there with a centre and Stafford Toa playing fullback, um, your six goes down, your hooker goes down, Jacko's the only one left. Very, very tough gig there. There was a moment there where... The Cowboys kicked it about a metre out from the in-goals. Uh, Stafford Tower got tackled, and Hastings sprinted back to get into dummy half and pinched 12 or 13 metres, which was a very impressive play. But as I said, really hard uh, to win this game without your 5'8 and your 9. And I thought that whilst Brooksy and Simpkins were on the field, they did look really good. The try that they put Garner for over, brilliant ball playing from Hastings and just great awareness from Luke Brooks as well. So once again, I know that they keep losing, but Tigers, I wouldn't be too disappointed. Uh, I think you are playing good footy. You are just getting a little bit unlucky at the moment. For the Cows though, sensational. Drinky was great. The halves were sensational as they always are. Reuben Cotter, I called it at the start of the season that he'd play State of Origin. I think he almost has to now. The form that he's in is incredible. Tough as nails. Uh, the try, obviously, um, a really good reward for him for what he's done over the last few years and where he's come from. But just the little things, like a couple of kicks that he managed to get on the on the end of. He, he you know, he, the, there was a few kicks that, you know, if your front row of Ruben Cotter didn't chase through for them, no one would notice. But he managed to catch two of them. One of them led to a try. He scored another one himself. I haven't looked at his stats, but I would assume he made 45 tackles as per fucking usual. Uh, 
Um, I said it at this preseason. He reminds me of Dallas Johnson with a bit more upside, and you saw that bit more upside yesterday. This is what I've been talking about. So hopefully, Cotter, he can get a gig uh, for the Queensland Maroons because he definitely deserves it. Um, I thought that Kyle Felt came up with some big plays. There was a one-on-one strip that he did where the Tigers looked like they were getting on the front foot. They almost scored the next set to argue with a huge performance. Uh, Chad Townsend at one point put in a perfect kick for him. I think he scored three tries. Very impressive. We saw at the back end, Drinky came off. They put Hammer on. Then they put Hiku off. Then they put Drinky back on. Then they move Hammer to, to right center and Drinky back to fullback. So I think that jersey is still Scott Drinkwaters. I think they're just experimenting a little bit. Uh, and I'm not sure if they will experiment next week against the Melbourne Storm. I just think because they were up in that game. But realistically, they weren't up by that much. So uh, it just shows the confidence in this squad that they can change guys around and whatnot. And they're just confident that they'll get the job done. So well done to Toddy Payton. Uh, guys, that will wrap up our rapid review for round two. About to head into Bloke and Bar Studios in the next hour or so to record there. Plenty more content coming over the next few days on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 